1: Forever, dog.
2: Rose and Jamie are two best friends, and they love Sex and the City. And they couldn't help but wonder, Do you love it too, Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlize, Mose, Ritchie's, so many, dudes, every single dude, all the dudes. And we couldn't
0: help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie
2: Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno.
0: And this is Couldn't, Couldn't
2: Help, Help but, but Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us.
0: us. Hi, Hi Jamala. Hi, Rosala. Happy to see you. It's so great to see you. I Her have to say, usual as always. Yeah.
2: Um, First of all, Jamie looks incredibly
0: cute. Okay, you look so cute. Really? Yes, and I didn't want to say it when I walked in and you said I looked cute. I didn't want to be like you too because I felt like it was just kind of like a stock response. But then I actually took stock of what you were wearing and it's so on point. Oh, thank you. We've got sort of like a Paisley, not Paisley, but Paisley adjacent print on a sundress. But then what I really love that fully kicks it up a notch is that you're wearing this like very cool Sort of white sleeveless t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. Drop that name brand. Yeah. It just kind of like I don't know. It sort of like negates the hippiness of the dress and just makes it like hip and have an edge to it. Thank you. Yeah. I thought you meant like it's hippie. I was like, okay. No. (laughs) But because your your style is, I want to say, on record, Rose is famously not a hippie. Thank you. You're not. I don't think I am. No, and I don't think your style even remotely sort of touches that I thought that you meant like hippie, territory. like the dress oh my is really God. hippie. <laughs> no, why would I ever? <laughs> yeah, you're, that really accentuates your that's hips, if you know was what I mean. saying,
2: and I was like, wow, it's so No, brazen. I meant hit,
0: God, I would never. And also, what? That's no, also not, oh, hips are gorgeous. I mean, hips are fantastic, but that's not. And if you're not, be that's,
2: yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Also. No, it's just a great look. I have to say, before we get into it. Please, um, please say it. I got to say, listeners, you guys have been killing it. Uh, I just checked our Mm -hmm. iTunes reviews. A bunch of people started doing more reviews. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, Skylar uh, kind of spearheads our social media. does it up for Skylar. Thank you, Skylar. We got so many funny and fun uh, comments on our Instagram. So we just want to say, literally, it makes us so happy when we hear from you guys. It makes us feel like we're not just like screaming into a void.
0: yeah. Yeah, it makes it feel real. And um, obviously, like, we are in a way talking into a void because we're that's what being on a podcast is we're kind of just like speaking our thoughts into your ears and hoping that car stereos or whatnot. listening. yeah, yeah um, but yeah the fact that we actually get responses from you makes it feel like we're connecting through this medium they call podcasts so we thank you yeah and
2: some people wrote like really sweet messages to me directly like when Jamie screamed because you said you were in love I screamed in the car oh and, like, my god people are so sweet that is so sweet you guys are really sweet and then we had a message from a young man about some love
0: issues so you know come hit us up with everything we're here for you we are okay Rose who are you this week um this week I would say
2: that I am a Samantha mm-hmm. because I've been really enjoying my job writing for this new uh, animated show and um, it's a wonderful writers room everyone is super cool and funny and smart and I love them but I wasn't really sure how um, my boss was thinking of me. Oh, um, yeah, like she's wonderful and awesome. No, but- I I know that feeling
0: in a writer's room. You are kind of like okay, everyone's being really cool and we're all getting along. But like, is there sort of like a, a level b- below it that I'm not picking up on or something?
2: Yeah, I just like w- you just want to make sure that you're doing a good job, right? And so um, it was my turn to. Turn in some work for my episode, and she texted me and said that I'm so talented, and I make her laugh every day, and I'm the sunshine of the room. Oh and my like, god, oh, yeah. that's such a great compliment. It was such a nice thing, and it was just a huge relief to me because I love this job, I care about this job, I love this career, and I just want to leave every job doing the best I can. So it's just nice to hear that that what I'm doing so far is working. So that's nice.
0: Yeah, and it's like your first like staff job yeah, it is and that's also super collaborative and you're with people in sort of a tight space for a lot of time every day and it's very vulnerable to be coming up with jokes and putting your sense of humor out there and it's really nice to just be like okay what i'm doing is working for the boss
2: yeah i think the thing that i was the most insecure about was that um i'm sure the majority of people listening are not necessarily tv writers you probably have all kinds of jobs but like there's a hierarchy in the room, and like any other job, there's the top person, the person under them, da da da. And I'm the staff writer, so technically that's the babyest person in the room who should like keep their mouth shut the most. And then the upper level people should talk the most. That's sort of like the classic fancy version. But our room is incredibly casual. And so everyone, like there is no snobbiness of who talks, and I talk a lot because I talk a lot and I think a lot and I'm fast and and I can interrupt and there's the goods and the bads. And so I was in my head a little bit, like, am I talking too much? I was wondering, nobody said anything, but I was like, am I interjecting too much? Mm. Even though a lot of my pitches were getting in the scripts, a lot of my jokes were getting laughs, but still, even if it's, even if you have a good batting average, like, should I shut up a little more? So I've been trying to watch myself and make sure that I'm not Mm. over-talking, but just getting the validation from her just makes me feel like, okay yeah whatever I'm doing is working well and I'll just try and watch myself
0: right and also every room is different and I think that some rooms are a little more like okay the upper level people are going to like be chattier while you have to kind of like bite your tongue I would totally do that if that was the vibe but like, that's what I'm saying the is writer's that it assistant sounds speaks like separate, exactly yeah. and I think the showrunner sort of makes that call and sets that 100%. tone and it sounds like you're just following your instincts that like this is a collaborative room also isn't it a small staff or did I make that up it's super small that I think that has, a lot, that's, that has a lot to do with it. You guys all are like in this place where you're really pulling your weight and you're really passionate about the show. And, you know, I think I've never been on a show where it's a ton of writers, where it's like, you know, a multicam 14, or right, something. Right, right, yeah. right. Where it's like, yeah, where it's like such a clear delineation of like, OK, there's like four EPs in the room. And obviously, like they have Shut the, the most up. experience right, yeah, yeah. And in this specific medium of making a multicam show. Yeah, so it's it's. I don't think it's that, and it makes sense that you guys are maybe yeah. all kind of like chipping in and pitching totally in more.
2: And, and this particular showrunner is incredibly welcoming, supportive, and, loving. and nurturing, yes. and collaborative. But even with that. I never felt like, oh, am I talking too much because I'm a staff writer? Which a little bit, but it was just kind of like, am I talking too much? Period. Period. Sure. Even if the ideas are good. Am sure. I, like, I feel like sometimes I'm like, I'm, but there are higher level people in the room who are very quiet, incredible mm-hmm. on the page. Of Their course. Pages are hysterical, yeah. who barely make a peep. So, in some ways, I think having a bit of a chatty person can be important if some people are kind of quiet, mm-hmm. just to keep the room kind of like the momentum a little bit. Yeah. So, anyway. All I'm trying to say is I feel like Samantha because I feel like I'm being good at my job and I don't always feel that way, but I certainly feel that way now and that's a nice
0: feeling. That's awesome. I'm really happy to hear that. Thank you. That's great. Who were you this week? Um, I think I, well, mm, I guess I'm also a Samantha and it is work related. I had to give a speech, not a speech, but I did sort of like I had my first run in with like stepping up as a, an EP boss person, not the only boss, but one of the bosses and really sort of like finding myself, um, taking on that role and what it actually looks like at times when you have to lead. And I um, there was sort of a more difficult conversation that had to be had in the office. Everything is now resolved. Um, but I was in a place where I really needed to sort of like say my piece and do it in a way that was, um, you know, encouraging while also, you know, having some some criticism to it and some feedback to it. And I don't know if I nailed it, but in my head, the fact that I even did it at all feels like a win because I, I think I've always kind of what you're talking about. I've, I've always been in situations where there's always people who are above me and I always am like the lower man on the totem pole. And then there's, you know, is that even like a PC phrase to say anymore?
2: Uh, oh, totem pole.
0: Yeah, a minute, it's man. A, I
2: don't even know everything's so out the window I, know. I cancel like culture I'm just like every, human on the on the I'm like is it okay to say European pole is it
0: okay to say European pole I'm like <laughs> literally everything I'm like my name's Jamie is it okay to so, so say Jamie um but yeah I uh I yeah it's my first time um being in a position where I'm like oh I'm like one of the bosses and um I've definitely talked about this before on the podcast and I uh, yeah, it's it's tricky. It's tricky to know what that means. It's tricky to not um, like let it not. I don't really struggle with it going to my head. I don't think in fact, I think I could probably stand to let it go to my head more um, because I think I always am sort of in this deferential space of like that's how it is there's got to be someone that I answer to and there always is and will be in pretty much every collaboration um, to a degree even if you're like the top top person you still have to like talk to the network or whatever like there's always people to answer to but I am in a space where I'm just trying to get more comfortable asserting myself and not apologizing for it and I'd like to give a quick shout out to Whitney Cummings who I will go ahead and say with the superlative the best podcast guest uh, of all time, every interview I ever hear with her is fascinating. She's so smart. She's always on the cutting edge of just learning, and I think she's so hungry for knowledge and and getting uncomfortable and um, throwing herself into situations that will allow her to get and sort of gain a new perspective and get a new experience and she's just so interesting. And I heard her on a podcast talking about codependency and I definitely have it. And um, it was, it was really helpful um, hearing her talk about how she like has learned to be a better boss and be a better communicator. And um, yeah, you should listen to Sophia, bush's new podcast called work in progress um yeah whitney cummings is a guest on it it's like a two-hour long interview and it's just really fucking stellar i probably should have saved that i know i should have saved that for the horny four at the end but it's just so good and yeah so anyways to tie it back i was a samantha because i also felt like i was good at my job yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to get there i think you're doing great thanks i think you're doing great Let's kick this bitch off. (laughs) Oh, girl. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. Um, Today's episode, we're talking about season two, episode 10, The Cast System. We open with Carrie announcing her real deal love for Big as he scarfs down some morning toast. While she hasn't said the actual words, I love you, to him just yet, when a guy eats breakfast like him, takes her to the ballet, and gives her a bewildering, jewel-encrusted Judith Lieber (laughs) swan purse... It's just a matter of time.
2: When Carrie does actually tell Big she loves him, he doesn't quite reciprocate. She catches up with Miranda, Samantha, and Charlotte to debrief. You told
1: Big I love you because he gave you that? What did you think it was, a large diamond duck ring? I think my mother has one of these in the shape of a squirrel. Note. I did not say I love the purse. And then what did he say? Well, he just sort of reacted stunned for a moment and then he said... Right, well, you're
0: welcome. Uh, I'll just wait for you outside.
1: Well, maybe he thought you said, I love it. No, it was a very deliberate and distinct you. So he just sort of pretended like you didn't say it? Yeah, sort of, but we both know I did. So now I've laid down the gauntlet. He either has to say I love you back or I guess I'm going to have to break up with him. Well, how long are you going to give him? Well, I didn't put an expiration date on the sentiment, but I figure it's got the shelf life of a dairy product. It's going to start to curdle in about a week. You know, it's so interesting. You can tell a man I hate you. You have the best sex of your life. But tell him
0: I love you. You'll probably never see him again.
2: Mm. It's brutal. This episode's interesting because it's like they're a little vague about the timeline on this. But if I piece it together, I think Carrie and Big have been together for like a
0: year. Yeah, I know. I I had the same thought. It's it's a little murky for me how long they've been together. But it seems like they're, I would say, like, yeah, eight months to a year. Most people I know did I love you's
2: like within the first three months. Three. I was going to say three. Yeah. So it kind of is striking me. That it's been so long and nobody said
0: it, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that's a good point.
2: Yeah, and I think it's kind of a bad sign when you feel like you really have to repress it. And I think the reason Carrie feels like she shouldn't say it is because she her spidey sense knows that he's the kind of guy that's like not going to take kindly to an I love you. Yeah, it stresses him out. Yeah, And it's kind of exactly what she thought would happen, happened, kind of.
0: Yeah, it's so frustrating because it's like, I'm starting to realize that writing big is actually, I used to think it was like, oh, he's so complex. And like, you know, when you think he's going to zig, he zags. But actually, writing big is really linear. It's like, whatever Carrie wants him to do, he just doesn't do it. (laughs) Yeah, It's actually so simple.
2: (laughs) It's like the surprise, there's, the su- there's no surprise. It's mm-hmm. definitely gonna just be a disappointment.
0: Yeah, and you would think that it would get to a point on the show where you're not really interested in Big because it's like, okay, well, you know, she put herself out there. Obviously, he's not gonna reciprocate. But you are still invested. There is something... I think we're all kind of getting played by Big. When we watch this, I'm That's like, we're all kind of carry. We're all like, oh, what's he gonna do next? And like, he does give you enough to kind of... You know, he gives you a little bit of like a pacifier to like suck on and then it's, you know, but it's, it's never like a full meal. I don't know what my metaphor was just I then. I
2: think that's a great point And I think, was it? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I the, don't know. The pacifier the was my I favorite said. part.
0: Thank you. A little bit of I said a little bit of a pacifier, meaning you just like chew it was on the like tip. like a raver pacifier, <laughs> yeah, like a yeah, baby yeah. one. Yeah. It was just like the teeniest, tiniest little nipple.
2: Well, I think that some of the criticisms of this show is that the women are really superficial and I think part of what Big has to offer it's like well he might not say I love you but like look at that cool party he took her to and look at he drove her in his limo to this restaurant. It's like that's kind of what he's offering and I think that it's like it's like being swept up by like a rich Wall Street tsunami. But it's unacknowledged.
0: Carrie doesn't really talk about that. They don't
2: talk about it but every time you see them together they're both dressed to the nines somewhere fabulous. Yeah. but that is is part of the appeal. It's not you're like you're totally right. He's not not saying I love you. And then like they're like walking to the subway and like going to some like free art opening. Oh, like, no, they
0: never go underground. Everything's in this show. fun. Yeah. Yeah. And also, can we just qu- quickly sidebar about this purse? I'm going to go on record and say there's no great clutch, period. All all clutches in my head are a B B minus. Interesting. So when I saw that purse, I was like, I mean, it looks like a suitable clutch. I don't know. I mean, clutch, it's like, yeah, it's a little goofy. It's diamond encrusted. It's a bird. But like, he got you like a blinged out evening bag. Like, I don't know. And it's like this whole thing where it's like, oh, it's so dumb. I'm like, it could be way worse. I think it's thought- I, I don't know. I felt like that was a very niche joke to be like, oh, my God, Judith Lieber purse. It's like, and I'm kind of like a fashion snob. And I was even like. Yeah, I don't like if someone gave me that purse. I'd be like, okay, yeah, it's like a little goofy, but like, I don't know, it's kind of expensive. Like, it could be, it could be you sell that shit on eBay. Yeah, exactly. Buy myself
2: something I like. Right. I mean, my love language is not gifts. So if somebody bought me something really expensive, I would rather have a really great experience with them than like a nice thing. So everybody experiences love in a different way. A nice gift doesn't make a big, huge difference to me.
0: That's interesting that you're bringing up love languages because I I think that adds a layer to this that, like, he didn't say I love you, but he did give her something for her to symbolize that he was thinking about her. And in this circumstance that is their relationship, sadly, that's like, that is kind of how he... I don't know if that's his love language, but that's kind of a substitute for a love language. I actually think, well, gift-giving technically is is a love language. No, it totally is. And I'm like, but in Big's case, I'm like, is this his love language or is this, like, his way of avoiding? Okay, okay. Well,
2: I don't know. You bring. I don't know. I mean, this episode explores, this scene explores something which is, like, saying I love you first. Is it scary? Is it okay? Can women do it versus men? Is it vulnerable? I mean... I think as lame as it is, I wait for the guy to say it. Mm-hmm. Did you or do you in your past relationship? So
0: much water because we had these like guacamole dusted chips that were quite salty. So, yeah, you're going to hear me Drink slamming up, down my giant water bottle. Um, sorry. What was the what was did the you, thing? Like, oh, yeah. Did yeah. you
2: feel like you tried to wait for guys to say it first? Oh,
0: yes. Yeah. Yeah, there definitely was a pride element there. Um, I think my college boyfriend and I, I remember it was a little bit of like a one, two, three, I love you. Well, not so... That's so cute. Not so like classically like that, but there was like a... Me being like, I think I wanna say something and he's like, I also wanna say something. And I was like, Okay. One or you- Yeah, it
2: was a- I love you. You're farting in bed too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: sorry. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> yeah. So it was like a cute little simultaneous That's situation. Really but I also cute. it was very sweet. I did have someone say they loved me and I could not say it back.
2: I think that's appropriate if you don't feel it. Yeah. I don't think it's I think it's worse I don't know how to say it.
0: Have you ever said it when you didn't mean it? I actually feel like there's a blockage that happens in my mouth where I will not say those words unless I mean them.
2: It's like a Jim Carrey movie.
0: It's like you can only speak the truth. You yeah. can't <laughs> yeah. do it. No, seriously. It's like a liar liar. <laughs> it's a reverse liar the liar. Pen pen is honest, not blue. The pen is not fucking blue or red or whatever it was in that movie. I haven't seen it in a while.
2: I think it's a really good uh problem to have that you can't lie to someone's face. I think that's good.
0: Yeah, I can't lie with "I love you." I that think means when you've said "I love you" to me, it's a hundred
2: percent real. Oh, the I most don't have to real. Don't question your love. No,
0: never doubt. Woo! Never doubt. Never question. Wait, but um, wait, have you said it when you didn't mean it, um, or you thought you meant it?
2: I think I've, I think I've said it past its expiration.
0: Mm.
2: Not like first time, but For, I think okay, I've so said first time it,
0: is real, and then dissipated. I think I've said it back yeah. to
2: people that I didn't.
0: That I Wait, was no did, long, you, did you L it up? No. With uh, Current? We, me
2: and Current Partner have not said the L-bombs. And I was actually a little stressed because the last episode I recorded, I mm. said, we're falling in love. We're like in love with each other. And I was like, ah, that's kind of crazy because we haven't said it to each other yet. And I was a little stressed that he would hear it and be like, whoa, girl, slow your roll. But either he didn't hear it or he heard it and didn't make any noise about it. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm definitely not going to say it first. I'll tell you that. Yeah.
0: That's fair. If you're listening, Lee, you're saying it first. (laughs) Hey, Lee. Also, no pressure. (laughs) No pressure. We, you know, do everything at your own time, but just want to let you know that Rose will never (laughs) first. We're together for a little bit of a game of love chicken. Oh,
2: we're playing love chicken big time. Yeah. Bok bagok. Bok bagok, bitch. <laughs> Wait, Skylar who said it first in your relationship? Mm.
1: I did. I remember it. Yeah. Tell us
2: the scene. How
0: far in? Set
1: set the scene. It was actually like three months in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 That's usually um, the
0: breaking point for most people. What happened? It was
1: also like we were. It feels so silly. A little bit like we were both nineteen. We'd gone to because oh, again we've been together for a very long time yeah. now. Um, we'd gone to a party. We were both like a little drunk, and it was like. We were back at my place, like about to like just pass out, and I was like, "I need, I want to tell you something." Like Aww. in my drunken Aww,
0: haze, that's was amazing. Like, no, sometimes yeah. you need it's sweet. No, totally. Sort of,
1: I was like, I, I think I'm, I love you. And, and what did she Aww. say? She was like, she like in a very. I remember she was like, I think I love you too. It was that's like a what very, we yeah. said.
0: No, oh, that's I think that's what that's exactly what we said in college. I was like, oh no, actually, sorry, not to jump on your story, but I said, he said oh no I said I think I'm falling in love with you and then he said I am falling I am in love with you oh that's what Mm -hmm. it was I said I think I'm falling in love with you because I was scared because I was kind of the first one saying it even though we were having the convo mutually agreed upon convo but yeah, there was that like cute little distinction where I was like, maybe I'm kind of did it. And he's like, I am. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's cool because I think I am. No, yeah, I, I, well, after he said that, after he said that, I remember like clarifying. I'm like, oh no, you just said the thing that I would have said if I wasn't complete And then he's like, I coward. am falling in love with you. And you're like, you yeah. know what? I just got a memo. I actually also am falling in love with you. <laughs> sorry, I just, let me check my voicemail really quick. Hold okay, on. yeah, no, actually it does turn out, in fact. I just got a fax. <laughs> I just got a fax got a fax from myself. My heart just faxed me.
2: Also, I have a question. Mm. You guys both can tell me cuz you have more experience than I do. Hmm. Is it okay to complain about feeling fat to your partner? Yeah. Or is that like not sexy?
0: It's okay. Okay, cuz I di- I did that to him. Sorry. I I I think that it there's there are levels. I think that um it's He told too- me that he's like cutting out
2: He has some, like, stuff because diabetes, he has to, like, watch. And he was like, I think I'm going to go back on my diabetes diet and, like, cut out sugar and gluten and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I need to do that, too. I was like, I feel like a fatty. And he's like, well, you look good, but you should – it's important to feel good, too. But I was like, is that – is
0: that like insecure that I told him I was feeling like a No. Fatty? Okay, cool. It, I mean, it does come from a place of insecurity, but it's owned insecurity. It's not like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, Is you that are growing? feeling Is insecure. It's like
2: the, putting the veil. Like- not at all. And it's okay. different if
0: it's like a constant complaint no, and the then you, you ever never, never it. change it. And then he's like, okay, I don't know what to do to help you. Right. But that's okay. not it. No. Okay. It you're so like not that point. person. Okay.
1: It also feels like a good, like, you're comfortable with your partner. You can express feeling that's uncomfortable. What I thought. Yeah.
2: yeah, I
0: think so too. I think that's
2: yeah and like has the curtain been pulled too far back not at all not at all we're not like shitting in front of each other I was just gonna
0: say (laughs) I did fart
2: in my bathroom once when over the weekend and like I live in a tiny studio, so if yeah. I farted in my bathroom, that definitely like reverberated
0: to where oh he my was. God. All right, Rose. Well, don't don't get too comfy. I
2: thought I didn't know it was coming. Okay, it was like one of those I, farts where you I'll relax your
0: it. urethra and then something just happened. OK, I just gave you a, a token for one free fart, but you just cashed it. So no more. No more. Gal, living in the studio is hell. I mean, it, it can be so bad.
2: Having your bathroom be That's like a nightmare right near bedroom. No, it's not
0: your fault. It's the it's the layout. Unless you're a silent farter and shitter, it's really I don't hard. trust sh- silent farting and shitting. I don't well, trust not that possible. person. No, it's not a thing. Okay, <laughs> so... Back into the it's Epi. It's so hot in this room right now. It is now. always toasty, and I think we get our best ideas when we're doing um, vinyasa yoga. we're getting yoga. a little slippery, and we're just the jokes are sliding they out. They are. No, we're warming up. We are percolating. Okay. Steve and Miranda are hitting their couple stride, snagging midday pizza together and being all around cute. Miranda's so into him that she invites Steve to a law firm party, but bad news for Steve, he's going to have to dress up. Unfortunately, the only nice thing he he keeps in his prison cell of an apartment is a corduroy suit you're gonna have to upgrade buddy
2: the core four meet up again at a spa to unpack steve's finances and miranda is genuinely nice and accepting about it she doesn't make a big deal that she makes more than he does charlotte however delivers her classic victorian position that it's quote normal for men to out earn their female partners and steve's lack of ambition ought to be a red flag While Samantha pushes back, she also reveals that she's seeing a guy who's so well off, he's got a servant. Cue the racial insensitivity. That is
0: right, you guys. (laughs) Samantha's new flame, Harvey, employs Zoom, one of the show's few characters of color who is not not asked to play a stereotype. And back with Carrie and Big, they head to dinner where he's all but certain to tell her he does love her. But empath that he isn't. Instead of saying the three magical words, Big tells Carrie she can return the diamond bird clutch if she hates it. Just say you love me, damn it. And Charlotte, in a less than great employee move,
2: meets the movie star Wiley Ford. The names in the show are perfect. At her art gallery and drops everything to sleep with him.
1: Man, Charlene, you're so hot. I can't <laughs> wait to get you to bed. Um, Charlotte, my name is Charlotte. Uh, I prefer Charlene. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> man, the champagne is running through me. Hey, yo,
0: bud, pull over. I need to take a lick.
2: Sit mm. tight, beautiful. Hello?
1: You'll never believe where I am. I'm in the back of a limo about to go have sex with Wiley Ford. But where is he now? He's taking a leak out in the alley. Isn't that cute? Yeah, it's adorable now, Charlotte. Listen to me. Get out of there immediately. All my rules just went right out the window. It's like he wants me, and I have to obey.
0: Oh. He's zipping up. I gotta go. Oh, my God. Take The fact that she says take a leak. It's like not even her. No, he said take a leak, and then she just parroted it to Carrie. <sighs> it's so genius. He's taking a leak in the alley. It's so good. And then also, I am curious what you think. Why Why do you think Carrie said get out of there? It's We are so connected,
2: telepathic friendship girls, because... It really, I think the writer brain in us are like, oh, that's going to pay off. Because she's saying, get out of there. It sounds like she's really worried, like either he has an STD or he's going to yeah, rape I her. Yeah, STD. And then nothing pans out. So it's kind of, it was kind of a weird writing and acting choice. Because they make it sound like something bad's going to happen.
0: Yeah, and also why, it's strange that Carrie is kind of, I feel like when Carrie is sort of dealing with Charlotte, she's always really encouraging and positive almost to a fault. She's always like, well, sweetie, try it out. She's like, she always sweeties Charlotte. She's like, that's true. Sweetie. Yeah. Maybe did da. Yeah. That's sweetie. True. Like, and it's like, why the fact that she came down so hard on like Charlotte hooking up with celebrity was like, it <laughs> was just like, why,
2: why, I, why I is that where a, you draw the line? I think it was like, I, obviously I love these writers and I love this show. And oh, of course. I'm saying this criticism as a huge fan, but I think it was like a lazy writing thing where or they're like, an editing
0: thing where they just should have snipped that.
2: Yeah, because it was a setup. Don't do that. And then, okay, wait, can't wait till the next scene where totally. she's like, don't you know that he's been sleeping with every yes, girl I'm in Manhattan? exactly. So, yeah, that, that was, was my issue. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what did you think about, you know, what's interesting about Charlotte going for this guy is it's really out of character because in general, she doesn't like a guy unless she sees a future or if he's like a fancy East Coast guy.
0: Yeah, I do think there are moments, though, in these early seasons. And I will say, even though we're sort of deep into season two at this point, and that does feel like it's really like getting into the show, hitting its stride. I do. Th- and I stand by it. And I've said it in earlier episodes. Charlotte is not as prude as she wishes she were. Yeah. Were, was. Um, Yeah. She's There's always a disconnect there. Yeah. And that and I think that's something that we, you know, In later seasons, she really like comes into her own and she's very like Park Avenue, you know, married to a doctor, like, you know, then divorced, then married to Harry. Like she's just kind of more in her box that they sort of end up putting her in. Mm -hmm. But in the early seasons, she's she's actually just sort of like she sounds prissy, but her choices are not. Yeah. And um, a lot of her like comments are very sort of outdated, but her actions are quite modern.
2: Have you ever 100% agree? Have you ever had an experience with some like hot, shitty pseudo celebrity mm. guy or some kind of guy like musician or some guy like this where it's like, it's kind of a get like it's mm. you're almost hooking up with him for the story for your friends or something.
0: I definitely have. And I'm trying to think of what it was. I, <laughs> Such a silly sidebar, but one of my favorite, my favorite celebrity story of all time is uh, there was this actor that I was really into when I was like, 12 years old I think he was like very he was like my age in movies um name is Nick Stahl I, he's like mm-hmm. I don't know what he's in right now he's definitely like always working um I think the last thing he was in was Carnival but anyways he was in this movie that I saw when I was a kid called Safe Passage and he was like a white boy with dreadlocks and I just thought he was like very very hot and it was a terrible movie but he was so hot in it so anyways cut to I'm like 21 years old I'm at a restaurant with my parents in Dallas eating brunch with my friend, Rebecca, who was like had come home to my parents house to hang out with me for the weekend. And we were at this restaurant and we see Nick Stahl. And I was like, oh, my God, like if I could go back and tell my 12 year old self, like you will meet him one day, I would flip out. So I was like, I got to get a picture with this guy. So we go up to him in this. He was actually leaving the restaurant when we were leaving. So it wasn't like we ambushed him at his table. So we see him outside and I'm like, Hi, um, I just think you're great and can I get a big shirt? And he we hold up the camera. My friend held up the camera and I kind of kept walking to like get in the photo with him and he kept walking away. And so I was kind of like chasing him like, no, I'm like trying to stand next to you. And we realized he thought we just wanted a photo of him like by himself, like not like he wanted to take a picture with us. Like, yeah, like putting his arm around us. He thought
2: You were like paparazzing him.
0: Yeah. And it was the weirdest reaction to someone saying, can I get a picture? Like he thought we just like we're going to take his head shot. <laughs> And like give it to him. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> to this day, I'm like, what? Like, that's not so how you take how a picture. How much did you chase before you stopped there chasing There was like a couple of like four or five footsteps of me being like, no, over here, no, over here, no, over here. And then finally, he just, I was like, oh, he just thinks we just want it. And then we what was up, his name? We ended up taking a photo, like, of him. <laughs> Because he just the back wasn't of his head running away from it. It was so crazy. So next Stahl, if you're listening, Nick Stahl,
2: Jamie Lee is famous I was now. Trying bitch.
0: To, okay. Well, I was <laughs> trying to. I was just trying to get a normal. You know. Throw your arm around me, you know, mug to camera, Um, buddy-buddy photo, and you just were not into it. Last
2: time I checked, does Nick Stahl have his own show coming out on Netflix, and
0: did he work on an HBO show? Oh, my God. Did he? Because I kind of
2: feel like he did not. Oh, my
0: God. (laughs) You just... Oh, there's going to be some beef between me and Nick Stahl. (laughs) Nick, if you're listening, do you remember that moment? Because that was fucking weird. And if
2: you did, please... Um, message us on Couldn't Help But Wonder Instagram we will have and tell you what on. The,
0: what the We're F- going to have you come in studio and explain yourself. Also, we're very hot now, so lucky for you. Yeah. Don't stall coming here. woo
2: Come hang out with us. Oh. hmm Zip, zap, zop, mm-hmm. as they say at
0: UCB. <laughs> they do say it. <laughs> they do say it.
1: Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have...
0: Have you ever met someone you just have to sleep with? Like, have you had a Wiley? Yeah, well,
2: this kind of thing is such a funny thing because it's like, I mean, obviously, it goes without saying, anything I say is my POV. You can disagree or have a different experience. But watching that scene, I've definitely had lots of experiences like that in my 20s. I don't even find that idea appealing in my 30s, like some shitty dumb as a brick actually that's not true I totally did have some of those in my 30s so I'm just completely making up I'm like retelling my story right now so that it fits like a better narrative but um there was a guy in Brooklyn who's a who is a business owner he has a very successful business um and I thought he was the best looking guy I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life like literally like Warren Beatty level just like psychotically handsome mm-hmm. and way handsome out of my league or whatever I was like that's the best looking person I've ever seen with my own eyes he looks like a movie star and then he ended up flirting with me and hitting on me. And I ended up having like bad sex with him because I don't like casual sex and I get really nervous, especially when it's very obvious that this person doesn't care about me at all. But we did have sex. So um, notch on my belt.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Okay. that didn't impress you guys. If you guys weren't impressed by me before, I had sex with a hot guy that didn't care about me. <laughs> impressed now, listeners. Ugh, amazing. My, I mean, my worth was through the roof that night. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, uh, sell me on eBay because I'm, I'm going
0: straight to the top. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, bitch. Keep going. Okay, bitch. Okay, bitch. All right. After another night at Harvey's, Samantha meets a different side of Zoom. Though Harvey sets his servant up as a sweet employee eager to make anyone breakfast, which, again, not a very dynamic character, the second he leaves, Soom flips a switch, loses her temper, practically smacking Samantha for sleeping with Harvey. And
2: also, since we don't talk about this clip, we just have to say for our Asian American listeners, oh my God. this is the most racist Asian stereotype. It's fucking insane. It's literally like, you know, I'm not going to do an impression because I would literally oh, hate myself God. and I won't. But um it's horrible. We recognize it. It's terrible. The fact that anyone of color in the show is reduced to stereotype sucks, but it was made in the 90s when that was considered LOL. So funny. Um Anyway. Steve and Miranda take to prepping his lawyer party look, and together they decide on a well-tailored banger of a suit that's a mere $1,800, comma, comma, what, and very out of his price range. Though Miranda offers to pay the large chunk of change, Steve's ego won't allow it. He puts the whole ensemble on a combination of cash, checks, and credit cards. It's
0: very hard to watch and very uncomfortable. I know. Poor little Stevie Poo Poo. I know. Carrie heads to a cocktail party with Big, thrown by the socialite Serena Bush, where Big's intention with the swan purse is made clear. All the Park Avenue hangers-on have them, and Big wants Carrie to look the part. Carrie quickly stands out, however, as she enjoys crazy things like foods with colors to them, and cigarettes, both of which are forbidden at Serena's house party. Yeah, the no brown Oh, alcohol. yeah, no brown, yeah, no brown, because so, yeah. it could stain the... Uh, yeah, well, it was like the most, like, sort of white beige apartment i had ever seen
2: also side note carrie's hair i to have another
0: chip please do carrie's hair is
2: really long and gorgeous in this episode but it's beautiful when it's crimped i think it looks so cheesy when it's stick straight
0: just I mean, she she has like extensions i guess yeah there's just a in couple scenes episodes, where it's like crimped and looks amazing yeah. and then where it's flat on her head no she's like in a so, yeah at that time jennifer aniston also had the same hair it was like really trendy to have really long straight hair like if that's what your, your natural butt. hair is, I'm sure it looks great. But I don't like when people iron it like that. I can't wait for the straightening iron to come back in. Oh, like my right God. Now it's it's all so about,
2: like, bad for your hair. It's I just know. frying it. I know. So Charlotte's tryst with movie star Wiley builds to him inducting her into his entourage, where she quickly lands the role of getting everyone drinks and being force fed weed. Being pressured to smoke weed is so fucking cheesy. The worst. I think being into weed is cheesy.
0: Being into chips is awesome.
2: I know. Jamie's chipping away. She's had a long day. Charlotte in a bar with a group of weird famous people. She's a very obvious fish out of water.
0: (sighs) (laughs) When Carrie steps out to Serena's balcony to smoke and imagine parties that are fun to be at, she's joined by Jeremiah, an artist and one of the caterers who she happens to know from... Being a cool person, not really sure. (laughs) Carrie just knows a lot of people. Anyway, they get into an awkward spot where Serena discovers them in what seems to be the exact middle of a blowjob, but is actually just Carrie innocently reviewing his tattoo that happens to be right by his dick. Carrie has a quick fight with Big over appearances and takes off. Miranda's all ready for
2: her big night out with the well-groomed Steve when he shows up in his classic bar clothes. What the, what the, what?
1: And across town, Miranda was late for the firm dinner.
0: Why are you dressed like that?
2: I've returned the suit. Frankly, I, I couldn't afford it. Then why didn't you let me pay for it? Miranda, you need to be with a guy who's more on your level.
1: Steve. Being in that store with you, I didn't feel good about myself. Look, I think you're an incredible lady.
0: You want to break up with me over a suit? Fuck the suit.
1: It's not just the suit. There's always going to be things out of my reach. So I'm being punished for being successful. That's not how I mean it. Got it. Well, thanks for the info and standing me up. And it's been nice knowing you.
0: Brutal.
2: It brings up a lot of interesting
0: points. Yeah, it does. It's funny because when I was watching it, I, I didn't notice how much I identify with this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think it's so as you get older, it's really common to, yes. to be a woman who makes more than your partner. Yes. Yeah. This this scene actually feels somewhat ahead of ahead of its time, I would say. I think it's really hard
2: because each person is no one's trying to hurt anyone's feelings. I mean, Miranda lives a certain kind of life and I think it, I was, personally I thought it was very generous of her to offer To pay for the suit because I I it was her event. Yeah, I think it would have been insensitive to be like, "Can you buy a super unaffordable suit to to do this thing?" So I thought that that was the right thing to do. And listen, this was in the '90s when toxic masculinity was the norm. It still is, but there wasn't even a common phrase for it. So I think Steve's ego got in the way, but I don't blame him. I think he wants to feel like. I think it's coming from a loving place for him. I think he wants to feel like he has something to bring to the table, and I think it makes him feel bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's really tricky. Um, I can understand both of their points of view very much.
0: Yeah, I think it's really well written, because it's not really an attack on anybody. It's just kind of like, this is how I'm feeling, and this is how I'm feeling, and they don't really intersect. What do you think, Sky?
1: I agree. It's a. It's a, It's just tough to watch. Like, Steve is... Steve, meant well and miranda was miranda is coming from a different place and they are both incapable at that moment of meeting each other unfortunately and so it's yeah it's it's well written and it's just a tough moment also <laughs> when
0: it, he says when he says you're a really great lady the fact that he calls her a lady there's sounds kind of weird it's so like there's part of me when i was like if someone called me a lady i would just sounds be old like, Yeah I'd be like I'm not 60 Like what do you say Or like Even older Well there's a thing Old lady You don't just say There's a Young lady is like Patronizing And old lady is like A thing you hear a lot So I would definitely Go old versus young
2: Right I think there's this, well, there is a saying that I've heard thrown around, not by anyone in my particular family, but there's a saying that you can fall in love with a rich guy just as easily as you can a poor guy, meaning it's a thing moms would tell their daughters, like, try and fall in love with a guy with money. And it's like, yeah, ideally we all would. I mean, ideally everyone would fall in love with a rich person and then that makes things easier. But that's not how life works. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we fall in love with people who have no money or little money or less than
0: we do. Yeah. And if you're the woman, um, yeah, it can create tension. Yeah. And I think like I do think that I've I've read and heard things about how you know, men, um, men want to take care of women. And because we have started to become more independent, um, they don't really know what that looks like anymore. And I think that I will say, you know, because of like the pink tax, I think that women are constantly we make we might in a situation make more money than the partner. But we also have to spend more money. And you know, just because someone makes more than you do doesn't mean you can't like take them out to dinner and still treat them in this way. That's romantic. That's romantic. I agree. And, and sort of leans into that power dynamic that makes you feel more confident. Totally. I know that doesn't apply to the situation with Steve, but he was, he was, he, like, he took her, out he to, took her to, right. to pizza. Like there is something, it's not like that goes out the window just because someone makes more money. There's still chivalry.
2: I agree. I think that the thing is, this is a very relatable thing. I think, female listeners, I'm sure half the people that are listening make more than their partners, if not more. So I think people will be able to relate. I think in this case, because it's good TV, it's an extreme case. Miranda is a successful lawyer in Manhattan who owns her own apartment. She probably makes a ton of money. And Steve is a bartender, which honestly, in New York, you'd actually probably do pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's true. not lawyer money, but no, it's not good impoverished.
0: Point. Absolutely not. It's 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 way lower than her. Um, But it's a really extreme. Well, maybe if you call your customers ladies, they're not going to give you big tips. Right, there but... you go.
2: But I think I think it's I think it's one of those things where at some point you have to decide in the relationship. Like I have my, my cousin, my second cousin is married to her husband and they have four children and she is a journalist and a full-time professor and he's a stay-at-home dad. He doesn't make any income. He watches all four of their kids and raises and cleans the house and da-da-da. Totally. And I think it just comes to the point where it's like if you are somebody who makes a lot more money than your partner, you just have to figure out how they contribute in different ways and like what makes you feel taken care of if it's not financial.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point.
2: Yeah, because there's so many ways to be taken care of. I mean, truly – and all of them are valid, like somebody paying your health insurance is a form of taking care of you. Another form of taking care of you is like doing the laundry and folding it and putting it away and keeping the house clean. So when you come home after a really long day, there's food at the table and that goes for men and
0: women. Like, yeah, I think that the the sort of the notion of like, OK, one person works and the other person takes care of the kids That feels like such a clean and clear delineation and both require so much work, very different types of work, but there, it is divide and conquer. It's like, I'll go and make the money and you like literally keep our family alive. Yeah. So that I get, I think it becomes more difficult and I'm only speaking, yeah, yeah, I think it's more, I think it's a lot harder when there are no children and you're like, okay, one of us makes a lot, the other one makes not that much. Right. What can what can you contribute? Not that you can't. You absolutely what can. What can you do to make me feel like a special but lady? But I do think it's it's just a little more. It's a little. It's just a little murkier. It's it's much clearer when it's like your kids and your work.
2: Is that anything you've ever had like a straight conversation with with your partner?
0: Oh yeah. Oh, just like super like. Oh, I need this to make myself feel more like. Well, I for me like w- w- in my marriage. I I mean I've all I've. Pretty much the whole time I've made more than my partner and um, maybe in the beginning, not so much, but yeah, for for a longer amount of time I have. And and it it did come to a point where I was like, um, you know, I'd be like, I don't know. It's almost like it brought up more like conversations about money Hmm. that I don't think I knew how to have because I'd never been in. I think that like. (laughs) it's kind of like I was broke until I wasn't. And so when it got to the point where I was like, oh, I actually am not broke anymore. I almost didn't even acknowledge that for myself. And so dating started to look, different to me because I was like, well, I can, I can technically pay for everything, but I don't want to pay for everything. And it's because of what it sort of entails. Right. So then it just kept bringing up these conversations in a good way where I was like, okay, I think this is less about money and more just like what I need to feel like the woman. Totally.
2: Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. I, I think, I think I, I haven't had, I mean, it's, I'm in a much newer relationship, but I, I'm pretty sure I make more than my partner. And I just try and be really conscientious by like, you know, trading off who pays for dinner. And like, if I suggest a place, I'll try not to suggest something that's like, but there's a lot to think about, like the kind of vacation I would take if I didn't have to think about someone else versus, you know what I mean? Yeah. That stuff is hard. Yeah. I mean, the way I kind of think about it is if I really want to go somewhere that somebody that I want to bring with me can't afford I either have to like split it with them pay for them or whatever or go by myself or go with someone else I can't just expect somebody who can't afford this thing to just do something that's you know what I mean right right it's like Miranda did the right thing if you want to do something that you can afford and your partner can't then you have to take care of it and don't be a bitch about it just do it but then they also need to step up and do romantic things like and make you feel like a special little lady
0: yeah I thought it was really interesting too, from a writing standpoint, that they made Miranda just completely comfortable with. I thought that was so the, badass. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. It's also
2: just really confident. And it's and not
0: really what you would expect of Miranda. There are some moments with Miranda that the way she reacts when they like she's a baby later on, where she just she has so much heart. She can have this sort of you know insecure sort of tougher exterior. And then she's just such a mush in so many ways, and it's like, oh, I just th- those turns on her character are so fucking. She's refined my favorite and character. Yeah. I just
2: love her so much, and and you know, honestly, I think the she's being really generous and generous spirited because, listen, we've all been broke. We've you know, money comes and goes. You know whether you're in a relationship or how, however you pan out in your friends or family, like, you know, it's not always going to be equal. You're not always going to be spending time with someone who makes exact same amount of money as you. And I think that the important thing is if you make more, and if you're doing a generous act, like if you decide to take your friend out to dinner, or if you decide to take your friend on a weekend trip, or if you decide to bring your husband or your boyfriend to buy them a thing, then you have to do it with like a full generosity of spirit, and like not like a mental tip resentment, for resentment. Yeah, yeah, like you just can't keep score. And I really think she did that with an open. I felt like it was a really honest. Like I would really enjoy giving this to you.
0: Yeah, you know, like whereas opposed. So big of her. Big? I don't know that I would have. <laughs> I
2: think it's. I don't think I'm
0: as like evolved as she is. In some I think it depends ways. on how
2: much money you had and and how important this thing was to you and yeah. You know. Yeah. Like if it if if eighteen hundred bucks is a drop in the bucket for you and you really wanted your partner there, you just do it.
0: Yeah, that's a great. Because it point. was for
2: you. It wasn't. They weren't asking you to do. A hundred percent. Also, eighteen hundred dollars is an insane amount. Like you could go to J. Crew. Actually, I'm not sure how much a suit. Do you know They're how much a so suit is expensive. at J. Crew?
1: No, I have one suit and it was not eighteen hundred dollars. What was um, it? I got it. Hollywood suit outlet. It was $150. Hollywood suit. Outlet. <laughs> oh my God. Well,
2: basically nice. if you I make more than your partner fantasy. and you're a woman, um, and if you're feeling resentful, make sure to express to them that there's things that they can do to make you feel womanly and be specific about what it is. They can play on dates that don't cost a lot of money. They can give you massages. They can make you a beautiful dinner, take you on a picnic, take you to a really great restaurant that isn't expensive. Just make sure that they know that they still need to do stuff.
0: Yes. Here, okay, here. we solved that. We solved it. Okay, so things resolve for Charlotte and her wild, wily times after he asks her to finger herself so that he can smell <laughs> it, which wily Jesus H. Christ, what are you doing? <laughs> that was such a bold, only a, only a cis like, white male, male actor. go to the bathroom and put who's... your fingers in your pussy and let me smell them. And she, her face, she's just like, no.
2: <laughs>
0: so good. I mean, like, it's one thing if you have this, like, really hot relationship and, like, you're like you
2: know if you're in europe <laughs> you or something
0: say, i mean it's one thing if you have like a really like
2: great smelling pussy <laughs>
0: Puss. yeah
2: i just mean like i don't think that that's a, a gross thing another to do yeah i've never done it with a partner i've never had somebody tell me to do that but i feel like with the right partner it could anything could be hot with the right partner except poo poo is the one thing that's never going to be hot oh can uh, i just interject about Tommy. something okay well okay i'll wait i'll wait it has to do with my butt and how tight it is
0: oh save that for the horny four i will
2: okay if you were thinking about stopping listening to the episode keep going there's a butt story coming around the mountain while she comes right around the bend right around the bend, poo so samantha gets dropped by harvey after they have a weird blow up where some plays things as if samantha hit her it's a strange ending to a strange and very racist plot but it is an ending and carrie stung from big's behavior and serena's whole vibe drunkenly passes out at her place with jeremiah But it is confirmed they did not sleep together. They just got super drunk and passed out. Whew. Technically, she didn't cheat on him. The next morning, with Jeremiah still in her bed, Big calls and tells Carrie that, quote, he does, in fact, love her, damn it. He just has trouble saying it because it gets him in trouble. I mean, eye roll of eye rolls. Okay, dude, whatever. Okay, we don't talk about this in our questions episode, so can we have a quick wrap out? Uh huh. What do you think about the... What do you think about the big call and saying "I love you"? I just have a hard time saying it. What, what What's the vibe that you got from that call?
0: I mean, so sorry to be eating so much on this Y'all, podcast, but you know hungo. what? Um, this is so real. It adds texture.
2: Also, it's like ASMR because, like, you know. Oh my god! Is it guys? Guys, listen to is Jamie this Chua making chip. you like get
0: chills all over your body? Here, I go mm.
2: call FEMA? There's a flood in my pants. Ah! Okay. Mission accomplished. Okay, yeah. so what did you guys think about Sky? You wanna weigh in? Yeah, I'll do it.
1: About the about the way that Big finally told her that he loved her? Yeah, did he you buy her? it?
2: Did you like it? What do you think?
1: I thought it was in keeping with his character because oh, it was yeah. it was frustrated and, and unemotional. Uh <laughs> or it frustrated and, and didn't seem really that well meant. But it, it is, I guess, nice that he finally reciprocated, but it was also like that party scene was like so it.
2: fucking shitty. It's like also I'm sorry, but he bought you a purse not because he wanted to, but because he was going to take you somewhere fancy and wanted you to fit in. Like, first of all... we didn't even
0: talk about that. That's such a good point. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think they were trying to do a parallel between the purse and this party with Big and the suit and with Miranda. But I actually think Miranda's thing is totally different. If you take somebody to a black tie affair for a work thing, it would not be appropriate to have your date roll up in a Hollywood suit brother's suit that was made of corduroy it would be bad for your career and she was very forthright about it it's another thing to be like hey carrie want to come to this fun party on saturday night oh by the way here's a gift try and wear it to the party because otherwise you'll embarrass
0: me in front of my shitty friends like the fact that big cares about what stupid social i think carrie dresses or looks it, it, That that alone is like what like That is such a betrayal in a relationship that you would even like for a man to be like uh, for a man to manage a fashion icon who also has the best style truly to manage you. You're managing her like, I mean, who the fuck are you? It's so horrible. I hadn't even really thought about that. I know the show. This episode is called the cast system, but I think that's really genius how you show the structural parallel between. Uh, Carrie sort of being the like outlier at that event or what's the word outcast. Thank yeah, you. totally. Being the outcast at that party and then Steve being an outcast with Miranda. But man, I mean, it's so insulting for Carrie because she has a job. She's so fabulous. She, I mean, like she just represents like fucking killing it. And you're like, oh, this fucking geezer in a overcoat in the middle of July like you know what I mean he's always like why do so you called him a geezer that was such a sick ugh, Charles Dickens-ian I'm just burn I'm so I'm so disgusted I'm extra disgusted by that dynamic because it's like oh how dare you like there's one thing Carrie knows and it's how to look great and you're trying to take that away from her. And it's frankly not okay. Yeah, I agree. And I think that even that that
2: whole party where, like, he was very embarrassed of her behavior because she, like, smoked and because she, like, is fun and, like, wasn't pandering to the, these real snobs. It just kind of, like, the whole thing about we Big. her treated her
0: like, a, like unruly toddler who's, like, spilling apple juice everywhere.
2: Yeah, and I, I just kind of feel like Big is somebody that makes whoever he's with feel unsafe, like he always feels like his love is going to be conditional. If you gained five pounds, he would dump you, you know, like if you had a wrinkle, he would dump you. Like, he just seems like that kind of person where it's like, you're just not on solid ground. His love feels so conditional. And for her to have said, I love you. And then for him, not only to not reciprocate, but like take her to this party where if you're taking your partner to a party, you should be much more concerned with your partner's feelings than how random rich strangers are
0: judging your partner. Yeah, and it's also, like, I can't believe these are the people that Big hangs out with. Like, I kind of thought that Big was this, like, cool loner who just, like, rides around and, like, doesn't really hang out with anybody but Carrie. And then you're like, oh, you're friends with the worst, most boring people who are, like, actually quite young, but they operate. Like, they're just, like, this stuffy, like, mid-50s Park Avenue, like, twats. You're just, oh, it's so, it's such, it's such a bummer. You know, what it's such a bummer. I thought he was, I thought he had a more youthful spirit. That's because Carrie, so Carrie is so youthful. She's just like fun, good energy. And then it's like, oh, you hang out with these like classic squares. That's like your friend group. Oh my God, shove a fucking guacamole dusted chip up your asshole! Oh my
2: God, <laughs> Jamie's going
0: <laughs> wild. These chips have really made—they really revived me. Thank I mean, you. we're not sponsored by them, but we should be. I ate all of your chips, and I feel so bad, girl. Please don't. I'm really no. But you put the bag out. Like here, have some. But I had all of them. Wait, I need to come back to
2: this thing because you brought up a really good point about big
0: friendships. You know, your
2: friends say a lot about you. And like big tries to play like he's this like badass rebel, like don't pin me down. But he's just like a prep school fucking sheep and all his friends are rich jerks it's like there's nothing edgy about that big and also the fact that he had that one friend that was so oh my god to that women, guy was
0: horrible and that's
2: like a good friend of his it's like guess what someone's friends do say a lot about them and if your friends are the worst fucking
0: vile no, he's actually... That is so funny. I didn't realize until just now. We're piecing together... We know Carrie's friend group. They're like the are, best people ever. Yeah, and we're piecing together who he's friends with, and they are actual, like, gum <laughs> on like, my emotional shoe. trash.
2: Yeah, it's like, he's so up his own ass, like, oh, I'm just really doing my own thing. And it's like, no, you're really interested in, like, hanging out in groups where, like, money and status means a lot. And, like, talking down to waitresses. It's like, how cool is that? That's, like, the lamest.
0: I also don't think big... Physically, I don't. I, I think Chris Noth is. I can recognize he's a very good looking he's man. Fine, whatever. But I don't. I don't find big to be sexy. But this episode, I did find big sexy, and I was really annoyed. Which by part it. turned you on? Mm. All of it. You I know, was just I just thought he was hot this episode. Oh wait, no wait. Yeah, no, it was. Well, uh, actually, it was this episode and the next episode. There's something about. I don't know what it is. Like I don't know if somebody doing... seems like they have control. No, hot. I actually think it's his hair. Uh, I feel no. like he's kind of like quaffing it. It's a little taller and like oh, it's a little. Really, just the look. It is fully physical. Oh. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think the thing that I'm not attracted to big, but I understand the appeal because every human being at their core, no matter how successful, good looking, whatever, thin, young, whatever you're supposed to be is like a shivering existential pile of like, what, who am I? -hmm. Life is scary, blah, blah, blah. And so it's always sexy to see someone, man or woman, who feels like, I know what I'm doing. I got this. Because at the end of the day, no one knows what they're doing. We're all terrified. So I think the reason why that type of person is so attractive is because it feels like they know something we don't. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think that's spot on. There's something relaxing about being like, I got it. Yes. I know the answers. Yes. I like, don't worry. I'm I'm decisive. And that is attractive. I get that. Yeah. Well, you're just like, oh, my God.
0: Can I like drink some of your Kool-Aid? Like, tell me how to be like that. Yeah, totally.
2: It's like we all want to be big. We want to feel like we know what we're doing at every moment. And we're cool as a cucumber, even though we're all like a shaking little like, I
0: don't even know, pop rock. Yes, shaking little pop rock. You heard it here. First. Okay, let's get to the damn question of okay. the app. Question of the episode: Can we date outside our cast? I mean, I do all the time. Yes, you can. It is going to elicit some uncomfortable conversations. I think at a certain point. Both of my parents are like really,
2: really educated. Like my mom has an MD and uh, I believe a PhD. An MPH. She's super, super smart. She's a total intellectual. My dad is really smart and successful. They're both, they both have, I mean, I feel like I can brag about them because it's nothing I did. These are just yeah, my of parents. Course. It's not, these are not my accomplishments, but my parents, you know, live in cool, big houses and they are really smart. And I've definitely dated people who come from much more blue collar backgrounds where, you know, like I had a boyfriend in New York whose parents met in technical school. And I don't care at all. I think I am like, listen, we don't choose who our parents are. We don't also just because your parents could have more money or be more educated doesn't mean they're like better people or that you had a better childhood or anything like that. But what I will say is he had this ex of mine in New York had a huge chip on his shoulder because he went to a private Mm. school and then ended up working in ad agencies where everyone around him, their parents were surgeons and doctors and had fancy jobs, lawyers, and his parents were just blue collar from Boston and didn't make a lot of money. And he had a chip and he was sort of embarrassed a little that his parents weren't more fancy and educated. And I, you know, and he had a little bit of shame about that. Yeah. And he had a lot of bitterness against people that came from like easy quote unquote lives. Mm. And I always told him, I was like, dude, it's so much more impressive that you're here and all the all your peers and coworkers came from that and you came from less and you're right alongside them. Like that says a lot about you. Like, you know, but I think people can have shame about where they're from or who their family is if they're dating somebody with more money or less money. But at the end of the day, I think as long as you love each other and there's enough in common and you want to make it work, then it's fine. But like, I wouldn't begrudge somebody for, I mean, I date people that are, um, that have like less intellectual, educated roots than I do. Mm -hmm. And it's okay with me.
0: Yeah, I think that it's okay. I think it, it actually, I think in some ways it's less about money and it's more about like class. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's more like, are your goals, do your goals line up? Yeah. Because, like, it's one thing if someone's if like you're ambitious and then you make money and then that person's like not ambitious and they don't make money
2: I actually think that works too because like my aunt had like this killer job in advertising and her husband's a stoner that raised the kids and like is, yeah doesn't have an ambitious bone in his body I actually think it can
0: work too you just have to be on the same page with like that's you're what I'm okay saying. doing saying that's what I'm saying You want the same life dream e- yeah exactly I'm not saying that it doesn't work I'm saying that like you have to that it can pose problems. I've been on the other side of it where it can, where it's like, it's not really about the money issue. It's more like, what are you doing? Well, you're not trying to make money. Right. And I would like if you did.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that I think it's really hard. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of, pardon me, celebrity couples like who are both actors where like when one person skyrockets to fame, they break up because it's really hard. And I think it's hard in a relationship If one person is, you know, making tons more or super happy, but I think at the end of the day, yeah, if you have, if you're working towards the same dream, and you know, you want to make it work, then you just make it work. I, I also think that like, people offer different things to each other. So if if you're making a lot more money, or whatever, but your partner gives you a ton of, like, yes. emotional support, yes. and if you feel very loved and safe, then you're getting things that money can't buy, Absolutely. you Absolutely. Know?
0: That's a great, that's a really great thing to bring up, and also, yeah, I, I think that, um, I
2: think I would feel more insecure if I was the person dating somebody really fancy.
0: Mm-hmm. I've
2: never dated somebody super fancy, like from a super rich family. or I like have. A, it's really rough. That seems like it would be, I think it is I rough. would have a hard time with that. I didn't like, that. It. No, yeah, I I like it. No, in my experience, I
0: didn't like it. It doesn't mean that it can't be great. I have a, a friend who's married to someone who's, whatever, family comes from money and wealthy and they're wealthy. Yeah, but it can work. But um, I think it's, again, I think it's less about money and it's more about power dynamics and it's more about sort of wanting the same thing? And also, are you guys playing for the same team? Like if you, there's a way, way if you think of yourself as a team, as a unit, and it's like, okay, how are we going to like divide and conquer life? And you have a really good system for that, no matter where it's like the money's coming from or the, yeah, the power's coming from. It's like, if there's balance and you feel like the balance works and it's, it's sort of just like a cohesive working entity, then I think it can be... Great. No matter who's making more money, or, I totally yeah. agree. I think that's a good point. Yeah, I think it's more about the the imbalance. I think that's when it gets tricky. I also feel like sometimes it's
2: the difference that makes. Like, I'm going to make some uh, cultural stereotypes here. Sure. Like, both of my parents are like very intellectual, very smart, very high strung, intense, anxious Jews, and I feel like I tend to date. And get into relationships with men who are not Jewish, Mm -hmm. who are more blue collar, small town, Midwestern. I've had a lot of partners like that who maybe their parents aren't like, you know, don't have like PhDs and blah, blah, blah. But they bring something to me that I really need that nobody in my family has, which is like patience and calm. Sure. And stability. And even keeled, which like it for me personally, is worth more than, like, any PhD. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, they bring,
0: like, harmony to your brain. Yeah,
2: yeah. so I think it's interesting, because I think sometimes that cast... Like, I think, like, for example, Steve and... Miranda like she brings a lot of money and success and wealth which I don't think he necessarily needs but he brings something really important to her which is like brings her into the present moment helps her have a little fun she's really
0: uptight and yeah it's like you know sex is great sex is amazing so whatever he also makes her feel special.
2: Yeah, so Which I Which really
0: you cannot put a price tag on.
2: The point is you can definitely date outside your cast, caste, whatever, but you have to be really open and ha- be able to have tough conversations with your partner, whether you make more or they make more, or they're fancier, or you're fancier. Just make sure that both people feel loved and cared for and and you know, and just be able to have conversations all
0: along the way. Yes. Agreed. Okay. Well put. Okay, Jamie. Okay, Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. For Rose, what are you horny for right now?
2: Okay, well... Um, I'm horny for female doctors
0: loving uh, it
2: um, so I am one of those I'm going to do some TMI about my sexual reproductive health so if that grosses you out turn this off Bye. Um, I'm one of those people that gets UTIs constantly like oh really I like, didn't know that almost every time I have sex it's oh, just from
0: sex Do you just keep like popping the what's it called back Bactri- what is the stuff they well make?
2: I take it's an I take an antibiotic called macrobid okay but it's really painful it's very stressful um it's anatomical it's it's not about peeing after sex it's literally the way my body is yeah created mm-hmm. um and so i have been going to this urologist this female urologist yeah. and she's rad and i just felt so safe with her and talking to her and i started doing this other stuff called pelvic floor therapy mm. because sometimes uh i feel feel discomfort during sex Mm. and I think it's because I know I'm going to get a UTI the next day which is going to be super painful so my pelvic floor muscles tighten up because they're like oh shit this is going to be stressful and I guess I just feel really horny and grateful that I'm at the age where I don't just say oh well sex is kind of uncomfortable I'm just going to do it anyway because like I'm supposed to do it and like who cares if it's you know not feeling good this is what you're supposed to do and I'm just at this point where I'm like no that's not Right. Yeah, there's got to be solutions. And like, I have so many female friends who've also had this. And like, literally, once I started talking about this with some of my friends, like half of my girlfriends are like, Oh, yeah, I totally have pelvic floor pain and was having pain during sex. And this is who you got like, it's so common oh okay my urologist and my technician there who's giving me biofeedback and physical therapy they're all like yeah we see this like all day every day yeah it's so fucking common because your vagina and every all everything inside of you is a muscle so if you're feeling stressed it's gonna tighten and so there's all kinds of things they can do to relax the muscles yeah like some people i know like do CBD oil, whatever, like yeah. the the way I'm handling it, which is more like the Western medical way is like I'm doing physical therapy, biofeedback, where they literally put an ultrasound inside of you. And then like these like kind of like almost like sound waves, like pulse. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's like yeah. that, but that's yeah.
2: it's like how it feels. It doesn't hurt or anything. And that's supposed to like relax it. Also, I'm gonna do physical therapy where they literally put, like a female doctor like puts a finger inside of you and like presses on your muscles to like relax them. Okay. But I'm just really excited and I just like, all these doctors I'm seeing are all these like cool women who are like in their 30s and they're fabulous and they just so kind and loving and it's just like, Women, if you're listening, if you're experiencing any discomfort during sex, it shouldn't feel like that. And don't just swallow it, like figure out what it is. Cause I promise you there's solutions. Yeah. It's great to know. Yeah. And there's a lot of different kinds of solutions. There's physical therapy, there's creams, there's CBD, there's literally vaginal volume that you put inside of you as a cream and every holy shit <laughs> relaxes your muscles. So all that's to say, um, yeah, you deserve to enjoy it. And, and, and it's, Everything is fixable, so so go to the doctor and get checked out. Horny
0: for killing off UTIs? Yeah, into it. Gal, what are you horny for? Um, I am horny for. Oof. Well, I guess I'll say uh, there's this chain of spas. I'm going there. Um, There's this chain of spas that's starting to sort of take off called Heyday, and I think they have them now in New York and L.A. and then they're opening some others around the country. And they're, like, very affordable facials with very good products. Mm. And um, when you go and make an appointment, you're not in a typical treatment room that's kind of closed off with, like, Enya playing. Uh, it the They're divided by curtains, so you kind of can hear everything that's going on, but you still have your own private space. And I went and got a facial, and the woman was just so incredible, and it was super affordable, and it was only, like, a – I think it was – It was like a hundred, it was a little over a hundred dollars, but it was for like a 90 minute fucking awesome facial and, um, everything they use, they like explain and they have reasons for all of the product. They have all different products from all different product lines and they explain like why they're using it. And it's kind of like an educational facial, which when they said that I was like, oh, that sounds really annoying. I just kind of want to like not talk. Um, but they speak to you in a way where you don't have to respond and it was just very relaxing and cheap because that shit can be really expensive
2: oh good because I need a facial so maybe I'll go there go
0: there they're great
2: yeah your face looks awesome
0: oh thanks I got it a while ago but thank you
2: I can't wait that's a great that's a great horny yeah
0: really really into it and uh, I think they're sort of sweeping the nation heyday Um, sounds like the business is growing pretty quickly so hopefully wherever you are there will be a heyday near you at some point if not already you you Thanks, guys. We love you. We love you. Bye, do you, what, Skylar. Oh. You have something to say? Yeah, Skylar.
1: You just you set up the butt story and you. you oh right. Pay it okay. Off, oh my I just God. Won't
2: worry about it. Okay. Thank you, Skylar. Oh yes. wow. That's okay. huge. Okay. That's so, huge. so to pay off the butt story. Um, so when she uh, this like I don't even know what she's called nurse assistant or something had to put a an ultrasound inside of my vagina and they were like for like the most accurate measure of like what your pelvic floor is doing. We're also going to put this thing inside your, your rectum. If it's uncomfortable, we can take it out. I was like, sure. No problem. Okay. And I was like, you're going to like put like lube on it and stuff. She's like, of course. And it was like very, very small. Okay. And she like put it in. I was like, mama! Yeah, Ouchie! that's how i would And be. they like immediately had to take it out. And like, listen, I am not going to shame any kind of anal. I know we have plenty of gay listeners who I love so much, but man, did that hurt me. Um. So that was really painful, and I like leapt out of the the thing. So oh my god. So okay,
0: but next time maybe maybe I'll give it another shot. She's
2: like, it's fine. You don't need to. I thought I could handle it. It was so tiny. It was like a, a, a well, candy it's corn. Because you don't
0: put stuff up there. I don't. I'm sure if I. I think you have to. I think you have to um, acclimate to yeah. having that that used.
2: If Timothy Chalamet put a little pinky in there with some.
0: Uh, lube and was like oh fun fact about timothy chalamet all of his fingers are pinkies <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's great it's actually it's biological that's so emo
2: of him yeah so anyway my butt's super tight in case you were like i don't feel like i know enough about rose's like vagina and i just want to know more, more about her butt
0: yeah well i mean now i'm like the next time you have something put up there it should be like slightly bigger and Ugh. then you just like graduate to like Beats I like I
2: like can't like, find my water bottle because it's like it's on my up own there.
0: ass. Check, oh, yeah. check, check it's her butt. butt. Have you checked your butt for your bottle? Dang, it's in your butt, silly. Okay, guys, for real though, we are ending the podcast. Not not ending it forever. Just ending this episode. This is it. We're Piss done. Fuck this. <laughs> okay, Love guys, ya. bye. Thank bye. you. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbw pod and follow my co-host Rose cerno on on Insta and Twitter at Rose And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us, it helps you, it helps everyone. you nasty. Bye. Bye.
1: Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production.